Welcome to Barracks with the Boardroom. I have two amazing guests today, um, Nathaniel Young and Casey Bryan here. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the military transition. Um, both of them have uh, transitioned in the last um, five years or less. Um, and they're going to just kind of give us a, a, a insight on how their transition went, you know, some keys and some things that may help you along your way and may help you understand this process a little bit better. Um, say hi, Casey. Hi. <laughs> good to have you on. Hey, Nathan, good to have you on also. Thank you for having me. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes. yes. This is a great opportunity. These are two very focused and passionate people about um, veterans transitions and they are ready to assist and help you and kind of tell a little bit about their story and how they transitioned. And, you know, hopefully you'll get some tips and some insight on the transition process. Uh, let's start with you, Casey. Tell me a little bit about your transition. Sure. So I transitioned in 2018. I had been in the Army for a little bit over seven years at that point. And, you know, when I had transitioned, I felt like the TAPS class that I had uh, attended was going to be enough. And um, I felt that way because when I had joined the Army, I was a you know, 23 year old, fully functioning civilian adults. And so I thought that I had a grasp on what I would doing, what I would be doing prior uh, to my military service. Um, but what I, you know, what I really didn't expect was that things had changed, you know, in the seven years that I had, you know, been in the military, not only did, you know, life change, but I changed as a person. Um, you know, with that being said, I did participate fully in TAPS class. I, you know, um, took as much information as possible, listened to the investment and financial tips. I, you know, wrote my functional resume, you know, did my interview practice and I felt good. But um, to be completely honest, I was 100% fortunate to be leaving the army at the same time as my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, because he okay. was the real blessing in disguise. He ensured that we had a home to live in, a method of, you know, financial security, health insurance, at least for him and our daughter, and you know, the start of a real plan. Um, you know, I was thinking that the BAH that I was going to get from, you know, being a, a full-time student was going to be enough. That was definitely not true. And then, you know, going through the VA disability process, I had started that prior to my final out date, but that lasted more than a year after I had left. So, you know, um, I didn't feel reflecting back. I did not truly prepare for my transition out. I learned a lot by trial and error and I, you know, essentially survived because I had a solid support system. Wow. Uh, Casey, what was your MOS? I was a 92 golf. So I was a culinary specialist. Okay. 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 So you definitely know how to get down in the kitchen. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's great. I mean, um, you know, that that's definitely can be a, a hard transition when you're thinking about, you know, okay, this is what my MOS is and how does it translate to civilian um, lifestyle? Um, but, you know, trial and error sometimes makes it happen. Um, Nathan, tell me a little bit about your transition. Uh Mine was a little interesting because I did uh, everything you're not supposed to when you're getting out. <laughs> okay. So the, uh, the last year I was in, 
uh, I was on a, a special COVID response mission and wow. I met my now wife in Chicago. Uh, three months later, uh, she was pregnant with our daughter. Wow. And three months after that, we were married. So November of 2021. And, you know, we're going back and forth trying to decide what's the best decision on staying in and getting out. And so I was just like, you know what, I'll just play both sides. I'll, I'll hedge my bets. And so I didn't really take getting out too seriously. And I didn't take, you know, staying in too seriously, which uh, I highly recommend never to do. You need to like put your sword in the hill. And so uh, April uh, 24th, my daughter was born and I was holding her in the delivery room. And that's when I was like, you know what, I'm getting out. And that's what that was the moment I put the sword down. But that was like man, it was, it was, the race was on <laughs> so, uh, May. I just remember I looked at my LinkedIn and I had like 50 connections. I had done taps, just hedging my bets in April. I had done taps. So luckily I was there, but I had nothing set up. I had no skill bridge set up. I had nothing. I had part of my hedge in the bets was that I would observe others getting out, try to watch their mistakes and best practices. Um, I started, I, I mean, I went 110 miles an hour against the wall and uh, it was so bad. I actually had a skin outbreak, like a rash all over my body wow. from stress. Uh, yeah. That's a lot it of pressure. Was, like I said, because, you know, I had this newborn baby now and I had this wife. wife and, you know, everybody was dependent on me. And I'm like, you know what? I definitely can't see myself staying in for four years and being away from my daughter. So, um some of the resources I used was like Veterati, um, phenomenal, uh, used their mentorship and just informative interviews and kind of got myself set up with like SkillBridge. Uh, and luckily just the stars aligned, got my BBD done, uh, actually got my benefits like two weeks after I got out of the service. And I got out November 9th and I just got my separation orders from the Navy, uh, February 7th. And one thing I've learned is that you can't really plan for everything like you think you can, like TRICARE and insurance and all that. So that was, uh, mine was a little bit of crash and burn and just like Casey, you know, walk away from it with little burns, but you're okay. Absolutely. You're freshly out too, like freshly out. Yeah, Yeah. that's, 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 that's a lot. And with, with all the responsibility, that you had, you didn't, you didn't break. I mean, I mean, that's there's a few times where it came very close, but <laughs> having a, a solid wife and support system, like made all the difference and tons of plan. And once you commit, it's like, you're fully committed. You do your research, you, you, you act and you go hard. You can't just no night, no hour and no minute can be wasted when you're mm-hmm. where I was. So, so developing a plan and a strategy <laughs> And like really going hard at the plan and strategy is important. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people could benefit just from observing other people getting out mm-hmm. uh, and just following their progress. Because I had buddies that were immensely successful. Like I'm telling you, like they got out and they're making like $165,000 a year. And I've had friends that got out and they're almost homeless. Uh, yep. And both yep. can teach you lessons. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. And, and from what I researched, uh, both of you, um, both of you guys have actually transitioned and went into different career fields from what you did in the military. Um, tell me a little bit about that, um, uh, Mr. Young, Nathan. Tell me a little bit about that. 
So mine, uh, I was a corpsman in the Navy. I was uh, FMF, you know, with the Marines, raw. And uh, I wanted to take a break from direct patient care, a little burned out uh, because of COVID, which isn't, un- I found out later, it's not uncommon for healthcare workers, especially with COVID. Uh, so I was doing, I was on LinkedIn. It was like June, uh, you know, a couple months before I got out trying to figure out Skillbridge. And I came across a recruiter named Tiffany Chaps and she worked for pediatric associates as a recruiter, talent acquisition. Now, mind you, I've never done recruiting, not in the Navy, not before. And I was just like, oh, that's cool. Like, do you have a job in like operations? Because, you know, most military people on their LinkedIn as they're getting out, they're project managers, they're operation managers. And I messaged her to get a, you know, try to get a job. And she was like, hey, uh, I see that you used to be a salesman before the Navy. Uh, how would you feel about doing recruiting? And I was like, I have no idea how to do that. And she was like, don't worry, you can learn. And that's kind of how I got into recruiting. I had a couple interviews, knocked them out of the park, apparently, and they brought me on as a recruiter. And ever since August, I've been hiring uh, clinicians like doctors, MPs and PAs, where my medical background still has relevance because uh, nurse practitioners like to talk to other nurses. Um, But it's not so much. It's more relying on my communication ability. Yeah. And, you know, you never know, like, the skills that you used to have or, or that you brought from the military, how they'll transition to the civilian world. You just have to keep an open mind sometimes, you know, when definitely presented with opportunities. Um, you know, you would never think that, hey, you know, I could I could be a recruiter. But when you start looking at, OK, well, I'm in the healthcare industry already, so I understand healthcare, and I did sales and you know, I was in the military and they can train me, you know, it puts all of it together instead of you, you know, thinking negative about it or anything like that. Uh, Casey, tell me a little bit about how you were able to switch over from, you know, cooking in the kitchen to now being an um, employment specialist. How, how did you make that change? Well, I would have to say that I definitely have a passion for being in the kitchen. I love to cook, but I knew that it wasn't something that I wanted to do long term. It wasn't until I became an NCO and had soldiers that I realized that, you know, I had this passion for taking care of people and I loved, you know, I love to do paperwork. And um, so I had made the decision to switch over into HR. I felt like, you know, human resources was something that was really versatile. You know, had I decided to work for another organization or, um, you know, really start my own business, it was something that I felt like had benefited, you know, it had a a lot of benefits to it. And so, you know, when I transitioned out of the military, I really, you know, focused in the HR realm. I got a, a bachelor's degree in, in human resource management. And, you know, I was able to obtain an internship with the federal government um, in HR, which I eventually switched over to be an HR generalist. And it was something that I truly, really enjoyed. I, you know, um, just really, you know, through experience made the decision um, that it wasn't specifically HR generalist work that I liked, but really working with other people. And that's something that I had also gained while I was in the military. You know, when you're a cook, you have the the opportunity to network a lot. You constantly see people because food is something that everybody needs. And, you know, I had an opportunity to really understand what networking meant, to really, you know, take care 
of people because that's really how I show care is through food. Um, and so I, I just tried to, you know, utilize those skills, those caring and compassionate, and also, you know, my, you know, ability to really um, take care of administrative duties. And so then I had transitioned into um, staffing, you know, because I really cared about, you know, talking to people and helping them get where they wanted to be. But then, you know, ultimately it made me realize that because I had such a, a strong connection to the military still that I wanted to do something to support, you know, transitioning service members and veterans finds, you know, themselves and help themselves, you know, um, post transition. So that's how, that's how it really happened for me. Yeah. And it, it seems like both of you had something in common um, when y'all made these, uh, it, were able to make the career changes, uh, internship, fellowship, and a skill bridge. Like, these things are so powerful in our space right now um, with with the skill bridge program, with the fellowship programs out there and the internships. I mean, it's a great opportunity to leverage, you know, some of the skills that you have and translate it into a new career field um, and then, you know, rebuild yourself and, you know, find even find a passion right for it. Um, but if you had one um, some advice, your best advice to anyone that's um, transitioning out of the military, what would it be, Casey? I would say that the advice that I would give anybody transitioning out of the military is to be realistic. You know, don't maintain the thought process that just because you served that you have any advantages in life. You know, your service will not, um, it doesn't result in a reduction a reduced cost of living, your rent or your mortgage won't have a discount. Your car insurance won't have a discount. Your life is not going to be set because you served. You as an individual or as a couple um, need to make realistic goals for employment and financial success. Um, I don't ever discredit, you know, having a degree. I feel like having a degree or any specific credentialing is definitely necessary, um, but it's not also not your golden ticket. Thoughtful and self satisfying employment that that takes commitment it takes work and so you need to make some you know real effort towards where you want to be in life and you know that also means taking care of your mental health as well. You know, your needs, once you're a civilian, your needs are no longer second to the mission. Um, if you want to succeed in life, you need to take care of yourself because if you don't, then it'll show and it will have a negative impact on where it is that you want to be. Yeah. You, you got to be intentional about everything. Um, doing this Absolutely. Journey. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, they're not as intentional as they should be. And, you know, when you're not intentional about everything you do, you know, it, it leaves you vulnerable in certain areas. Um, Nathan, what, 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 what advice would you give a transitioning special uh, veteran? Transitioning uh, veteran? I got a couple pieces. I, I mean, the biggest thing is that you, like Casey said, you have to be realistic and there's certain things that you're just going to have to accept pretty much as truth. Like uh, an MBA a master's. I tell a lot of corpsmen that I know, like master's degrees don't guarantee high paying jobs. In fact, sometimes Absolutely. they can overqualify you because you're under experience because you don't have relevant experience. So sometimes it's better just to get out with a bachelor's and you're going to have to start in a lower position and that's okay. It's okay to be terrified of transitioning. You know, I had, when I got out of the service, I think my daughter was like six months 
And it was absolutely terrifying, you know, trying to figure out, you know, health insurance, life insurance, all of it. But at the end of the day, it's okay to be scared. It's a terrifying process, but you got to know that whether you do four years or 40 years, eventually everybody has to go through the same process. Um, Don't listen to the, to the lifers, the guys that have, haven't been out in 20 years, tell you about the job market out outside. I had so many senior enlisted people tell me that like what I was doing was a mistake and that, you know, it's detrimental to my family and that I should just stay and do my 20. And honestly, leaving the military was probably one of the best choices I did for uh, my family and my mental health, as well as career, honestly, is blown up because of it. And uh, finally, just take advantage of all the resources that you have inside. Like if you can get a degree in, I'm telling you right now, get in a bachelor's or even just an associate's or some kind of certification will take you miles ahead rather than thinking that you're going to get out, go to school on the GI bill, making, I think it's like 24,000, if that a year on BH, which, you know, when you're a single dude in the military and you're living off military barracks, it's really easy to, the budget 24,000, but when you got to pay a rent or a mortgage, uh, 24,000 out here goes uh, a lot faster than you think. And it just makes your journey to that successful transition to like being able to get a career and find your purpose that much more difficult. Yeah. I mean, being, being intentional and understanding, you know, how you look in the market is so important. Um, be intentional about the degree you get, you know, a lot of people are getting degrees, but it's not really catered to what, what they want to do when they get out, or it's not even able to leverage them in the position that they want to get in. Um, what was the hardest part of your transition? Um, Nathan, what was the hardest part of your transition? Uh, let's see. I guess the hardest part was trying to figure out what's going to get me to wake up every day besides my family. Mm. Like what's, what's going to get me in my car and, you know, deal with traffic and everything. Uh, and recruiting kind of helped me with that because I reasoned to myself that while I'm not doing direct patient care anymore and I'm not directly saving lives, giving people the opportunity to get that employment has so much impact on people's lives. And we realize like the stress of, you know, the first of the month or the end of the month when bills are due and you're able to relieve somebody of that just by giving them an opportunity of a lifetime is an incredible experience, but it's really just finding your why and your culture and your community, Um, you know, get in attached to like veteran groups and organizations out here and build that community. Cause one thing, nobody really, people hinted at it when they were getting out, but I was just like, ah, those guys don't know what they're talking about. Um, was the loneliness out here. Cause Mm -hmm. like my, Mm -hmm. my current job is remote. So I've never met any of my coworkers who are all phenomenal. I just never met them in person. And so it's not like, I'm like, Hey, you know, stay on like till 8 PM and we'll go, you know, eat dinner together or something on the camera. <laughs> you know, so uh, It's a little bit different. And if you're moving to somewhere new, uh, like I didn't grow up in San Antonio, I grew up near it, but I don't really have as many friends here. So it takes time to build that community up that you need to rely on. Yep. Yep. And Absolutely. you know, another, another thing is it's hard to like network with your um, coworkers and stuff like that. It's a little difficult um, you know, when you're so far apart. Um, and, and that's, that's another thing about the, um, 
you know, the civilian culture um, is is very, very much, um, very much uh, independent. And, um, you know, there, there's not much time to network as much. Um, but Casey, tell me about your hardest part of your transition. Well, so just as Nathaniel had said, um, you know, I was scared. I um, I second guessed my decision to leave the military uh, every single day. I left the military, you know, under similar circumstances. I uh, was 30 years old. I just had a baby. I made the decision, you know, that I wanted to be in her life, you know, all the time, not just when I was, you know, home. And so I, you know, made the decision to get out despite the fact that I did love the army, the organization itself shaped me as a person, which, you know, I'm, you know, eternally grateful for. And so um, the hardest part for me, as I said, I, I did already have that support system when it came to the overall plan. I just struggled an very shockingly so with, you know, depression and regrets. You know, I left the military. Um, when I left the military, I mourned the loss of my career, of my community, you know, the life that I had. I mourned it as if someone, you know, close to me had died. Um, there were days where it was that that sort of depression and that, that um, regret was really unbearable. But, you know, something that I learned um, about myself through that time was that, um, I do have the mental resiliency of like an ox, you know, um, no matter how depressed I felt, um, I got up every single day and I kept pushing. Even if I spent that entire day crying, I kept going. And, you know, I thank myself for that resiliency because, you know, um, there were days where I had setbacks and I would be like, you know, I made the biggest mistake of my life by leaving a career that I loved. But now that I have benefited from those sacrifices, benefited from those hard days, I get to see the reasons that I made that sacrifice and I made that choice. And it it really does bring me, you know, a lot of joy. I think that's, you know, one thing that isn't talked about enough is how, you know, how much it really will affect you as a person, your emotional state. When you leave a community, when you leave a career that has been such a massive part of your life, you know, we just talked about how like in the civilian world, we don't really, you know, have that much, you know, networking time with our, you know, our colleagues, you know, when you're in the military both your personal and your professional life are really intertwined. You know, you live close together, you work close together, you do everything together. And then as a civilian, there's that hard, that's that, there's that line, you know, we're here to work, you know, uh, your personal life is your personal life. And so that honestly was the biggest, that was the biggest struggle for me was the mental, you know, um, challenges that I faced. Okay. Um, What would you say was the most shocking part of entering the civilian space, like the employment space? What was shocking to you? I would would say that the most shocking thing about the, the transition out, about, you know, going back into the civilian world was the realization 
how of how underprepared I was after I made the decision to leave. Um, so I remember sitting uh, at the defect one day, um, the chow hall, um, with one of my sergeant first classes and this first sergeant. And this um, first sergeant, he was grilling me on my, you know, my plan post transition. And I was super offended by this conversation at the time, because here I was thinking that, you know, I was this 30 year old grown woman and I knew what I was doing. And it wasn't until after or later after my transition that I realized two things from that conversation that I didn't know what I was doing, but that I was lucky to have a support system and that he was grilling me so hard out of fear. You know, he had been enlisted in the army since he was 18 years old and eventually, you know, he would have to retire and the prospect of managing life outside of the military was scary and it was daunting, especially when you have a family depending on you. And that fear is really common and I felt it and so do many others. Um, but one thing that, you know, I took away from that and that I would want other, you know, veterans and transitioning service members to take away from that is that that fear is normal. It's what you do with that fear that makes you, you know, that really determines your success. You could either sink back into your comfort zone or you could push through that fear and create something new for yourself. Okay. Okay. What about you, uh, Nathaniel? How, how about you? What was so, so um, shocking to you? Um, I think the, the biggest thing is like the culture shock. Like everyone in the military, you know, I'm going to stick with my branch, the Navy, everyone in the Navy wakes up and you have the same goal, you know, get the ship from point A to point B or, you know, move your casualty to the correct point, like whatever it is, but everyone's operating on the same goal. When you get out in the civilian world, it's a little bit more uh, cold and distant. Like there's changes in the way people talk to each other, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you can't be as direct as you are in the with, when you're with the Marines or anything like that. I've learned that the hard way, but uh, it's just it's just different culture and like realizing that no matter how well you plan or how hard you go during your transition, there's gonna be pieces that you leave out, and you're gonna have to adjust your course. Hmm. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing. The next other thing would be like just the amount of opportunity out here, like. You know, I I joined the service when I was uh, 19 years old, and it was an amazing experience. And I was in for almost nine years. But then getting out, I realized like all these people had done all this fear tactics, or they spoken the same rhetoric that the guy before them spoke, where it was like, oh, there's no jobs, or and you look on the news, there's this recession. But you know, you can go anywhere. You can throw a rock anywhere downtown. You can get hired. Yeah. You just got to build up your skills, man. You got to build up all your Absolutely. skills. You know, you got to go out there and network and talk to recruiters. Um, I, I I tell people, hey, you know, tell your grandmama, tell your auntie, tell your cousin, tell everybody that you're leaving, you're retiring or you're getting out of the military, you know, pass your resume around, you know, who knows, grandma may um, be playing uh, bingo or something with, you know, another um, lady that, her, her son is a CEO or something like that. So, you, you know, you never know who you're going to run into and, you know, how your skills are going to be able to translate. Um, so it's all about developing that strategy and being prepared when you transition 
um, be intentional. Uh, just think ahead of your ahead of time um, and just continue to build yourself. Um, I just want to thank you both for coming on this podcast and supporting um, all the veterans out there. I mean, we have Army, Air Force and Navy. So you got a little bit of everybody on their transitioning, um, their transition. Um, and, you know, if you if you ever um, want to know more or learn more, um, just continue to listen to this podcast. Thank you. <laughs>